Welcome to Property Profiles. I'm your host, Hamish Bowman. I'm part of the Ray White Group and Director of Ray White Projects. This podcast series is about diving deep into the lives of our guests to find out the highs and lows of their property journeys, what they have learned and what they wish they knew. You as a listener will learn what knowledge they have leveraged from their careers to create successful property profiles. In the last episode, we had Philip DeBella. Such an inspiring story, and if you missed it, it's definitely worth a listen. As is this week's episode, we have Royce Dunn, who is currently locked down in Sydney, having just returned from the World CrossFit Games, where he plays 16th. He's also bought and sold property as his young family has expanded, and this is definitely worth listening to. We couldn't miss this opportunity to chat, so we've moved to a virtual podcast. Here we have Royce Dunn. Roycey boy. How are you? Good, mate. Good. That's audio coming through pretty good. Yeah, it's coming through loud and clear. You, Roy, so you've um, you've changed us up being an ISO. You know, we've usually got our salubrious um, spices hotel, you know, uh, yep. setting. We've had to word in uh, in ISO it for you today, but um, so we're in a we're in a wool store in uh, downtown Tenerife in um, Aiden's. Um, Aiden's uh, accommodation were all the all the ISO type. Um, just 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 ask what's out there, Roycey? What's in behind you? Uh, that's just the window leading out to uh, my wonderful view of another building. Are you in the city, in Sydney, or yeah, right in the city in Darling Harbour? So, Roycey, let's um, let's go straight into it. We'll be twenty or thirty minutes, and thanks very much for your time, Royce Dunn. Absolute We've pleasure. got on the property profiles this week. Um, Roycey is in isolation, um, just come off a, a massive trip to the States, which we'll obviously dig into because it's key to, to your journey in life. And um, Royce, thanks very much for coming on today. My pleasure. Royce, um, we've met, uh, we met through the, the fitness pillar in your life. You're, a, you're the head coach of a CrossFit box called Torian, which is uh, well-known in CrossFit fraternity, biggest, uh, I think, CrossFit uh, box terminology in Brisbane. I think it might be in, in Australia as well. And um, um, and from that whole experience, we've got to know each other. I'm just one of the one of the punters that you uh, sort of, I think, internally laugh at. But um, anyway, we we enjoy it. And um, in that whole journey, just just looping back, you've um, you've represented the the sport in the World Games. For those that that probably don't know, the CrossFit Games is the the pinnacle. It's in in Ironman terminology, it's the it's the Kona, it's the world, it's the Hawaiian Ironman of uh, CrossFit, and I think you and maybe two other Australians are in the sort of top thirty. Would that be right? That's right. Yeah, this year we had um, they they kind of very, very similar to the Olympics. They do it by representation um, for different regions, and um, this particular year it was uh, three. We got three spots from the Oceanic region, which encompasses Australia and New Zealand, uh, for both the men and the women. So we had those three of us Aussies. Men, um, there was two Aussie women and a New Zealand woman. Nice. And give us the highlight, Royce. You came 16th. I was six, right? 16th in the world, yes. Um, and the, the first of the Australian men, so the fittest in Australia. Very, very. That's a good tag. You'll you'll hold that. Is are you going to uh, you know all things considered, you're going to try and back that up next year again? Yeah, definitely, definitely. This this year was a weird one, um, as I guess most uh, most athletes in the sporting world know. Um, you know, your last year was a bit of a, a bad year for for organised sports. A lot of things were postponed and cancelled, and so a lot of us haven't taken the field or done a competition of any kind for for maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. 
Um, so it was a bit of a weird one for everyone coming back. And there was a lot of, um, uh, I guess, in the in the world, there was a lot of like retirements from sport that probably people didn't hear about because it was just kind of like people thought, ah, oh, it's the time to, to hang it up. It's it's too far between drinks. But um, mm-hmm. getting back out there and getting amongst it has definitely um, stoked the fire again. So now I'll be coming back for sure. Nice. So obviously the thread today is, is obviously going to be a, a significant fitness thread, but property's sort of my my sort of bag. So what we wanted to do is sort of thread those two together. Um, so you've just come from the States. So I've been to the States several times for work and um, and I think I saw on your Sunday Q&A, they do some things quite differently. Yeah. Um, just, just off the top, you went to Tennessee first and then Wisconsin. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, primarily. I pretty much spent then- all my time in Tennessee. And then the actual games is in Wisconsin. So just paint the picture of accommodation in those two places for us. Are we, are we, um, are we in houses? I think we're, I know there's a barn somewhere there in Tennessee. Is it? Yeah, I was. I was incredibly fortunate actually that I was um, that Rich himself put me up in his house, and he uh, he owns a couple of hundred acres up on a there's a there's a mountain just outside of um, his city, Cookville. Um, Fife Mountain, it's mm-hmm. called, and um, it's kind of like the the rural area. It's maybe fifteen minutes out of town, but then you all of a sudden you're in like yeah, you're in Acreage, and they have a pretty uh, nice spot on the mountain there. They actually have a have a bison farm, American buffalo uh, farm, on his property. So, um, and they live in like what I imagine like you know uh, an old like uh, plantation house must look like, like just absolutely gorgeous, you know, enormous, big mm-hmm. big pillars, very like classic Southern American style. Um, and it's like, you know, it's full of kids and family members and so pretty much was like being at home. Like, um, obviously I have three kids at home. So I'm used to like the, uh, the kids running around underfoot and just everything feeling alive and not, um, not like a big empty house. You know, it was a nice, um, it was a good place to, to stay when I was missing my family and, and Rich and Hillary are like family mm-hmm. to me. So, um, that was, that was a pretty good experience. <laughs> and you went from there obviously to the games itself. Is that more of a, you know, a, um, a camp environment were you in in sort of got your own accommodation of course but is it was it internal or was some some athletes off-site yeah we did it uh, it was organized through the through the gym through crossfit mayhem which is the, the programming that i follow so um i was set up in a hotel room with um kind of my like bunk buddy another individual athlete sam uh, cornier he's from canada and uh, we we bunked together in the hotel because we were on the same schedule as as individual athletes. <clears throat> we had the same call times and the same warm up times, and so we kind of just rolled together with our coach. Um, and Rich and the team, because the team has a different uh, the team competition has a different uh, schedule. They actually camped out in the RV park mm. with most of like the fans and um, and and uh, friends of the of the gym. Um, and they got some uh, like through other friends of the, of their gym from from different states. They all kind of converge on Madison. Um, there were some pretty like five star RV trailers. Like these these campers were like it was, you might as well be in a hotel. <laughs> these things were pretty sweet. So, yeah, um, next level exactly. So they had the full camp environment. They were um, you know sitting around the fire pit and um, like riding their bikes, like BMX bikes across like you know the, the you know four hundred meters across to the um, stadium to like start their day every day. So that's a pretty cool. And I was going to stay in the RV park because it's a pretty good setup. But I decided to, to roll with sand because mm. we're on the same schedule. It just made more sense. And our hotel was like yeah. across the road from the venue. Yeah, nice. So just, I guess, going back um, back a few steps, Royce, um, just whilst I've been a, a member at the gym, I've, I've known that you've um, you've moved a couple of times and as the family grow, you've got three young, three young boys? Uh, two boys and um, a little girl now. Is that correct? 
Yeah. Little girl yeah. now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, so you've you've gone. You've got you've got the you've got the crew. So obviously, at some point there, were you you've recently bought? We will talk about that quickly. But you were in. Uh, were you in a townhouse before that? Yes. So the journey was kind of. Um, we were living with Laurie's parents yeah. for a while. Um, in Ascot, that was we were pretty spoiled mm. there in uh, one of the best locations in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, we uh, we moved out just before yeah. the birth of our first son, just to a rental, kind of just north side. And then after our first son was born, we mm-hmm. figured we want to want to get a house and, and knuckle down. So we were in a townhouse, and uh, and we loved it. It was beautiful. Um, it was a new build. Uh, it was in Nanda. We loved the location. Um, it's like Laurie's always been a north side girl, and I, I do love the north side mm-hmm. myself. And it was a you know nice easy journey into the gym. Um, and as we had our second son, we just realized the townhouse just, um, we outgrew it a lot faster than we thought. Um, and we had these mm-hmm. two boys that were just crazy high energy and always wanted to go outside and play. And, um, the back, the back patio in a townhouse was not very accommodating. And the front patio was a driveway. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was your, it was your, it was your, your gym, wasn't it? The backyard. From it, pretty much. It was so full yeah. of gym gear that you really couldn't get around much. Um, so yes, we, yeah. we had decided to put trigger on a real house, um, and we moved out to the suburbs, which made commuting into the gym harder, but that was a mm-hmm. sacrifice we were willing to make because it was, um, for our family and that's what we wanted a forever home. So. Absolutely. So on that journey, so just, I mean, the, the audience is a, is a, is a, is a wide group. Some of the people will, will resonate just with obviously getting on the bandwagon. I mean, you're, from what I know of you, you've got your, um, your sort of pillars of the faith, your fitness and your family. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I don't know a lot about your, you know, I guess your, not your financial, but your, your, your sort of aims and aspirations outside of that. Is that you, you, you talk about, you need a, you know, a home and a, a shelter for, for the kids as they're growing. So obviously that was important to you. Did you find that stressful um, to get, you know, as the, the townhouse, we, I know you're renting there, but, but you're with Laurie's, parents obviously at some point you were you felt like you had to move out of there did you have to save did you have savings did you know what was that process without digging into anything that's uncomfortable did you did, have you found that an easy role i mean obviously interest rates are lower so you know you can potentially borrow more yeah it was i think the idea of it all was far more stressful than the actual than the actual um journey i guess like i think um yeah you do have kind of weird misconceptions of what it's like to, to buy a property young and, and how much money you think you'll need. And it's all a bit, you know, it's all, all the jargon is obviously designed to you know, confuse the average person. So we talked with the mortgage, mortgage broker and it seemed like we had more options than we thought and um, you're right, uh, more options than we thought. And and the whole thing was, was relatively smooth and the townhouse was actually, we got incredibly lucky with getting it very cheap. It was the last house on the plan to sell and it was, we got it for much less than it than it should have gone for, even compared to the other townhouses in that in that area, that in that um, complex that were already paid for, and so that was that was fine. And we thought, you know, we'd made a big decision, and um, we had a we had a very manageable mortgage, and um, you know, we were good to go. And then it was only about a year and a half, maybe maybe two years, that we realized we had to move out. And there was actually a couple other issues. We had some some neighbors that uh, that uh, you know we we. Uh, had some friction with, let's say. And so um, there's several reasons why we wanted to move out. And we thought like, are we crazy? Like if we screwed up here, like how can you just flip a house like this? I mean, people do it when they're planning on flipping houses. We, we kind of settled into this, into this nest egg. And now we're trying to like bail out and buy a new house. We, we felt very, um, 
I guess we just felt very like silly, like a couple of kids that just screwed up. And uh, we were talking to Laurie's parents and they were very supportive of us. And uh, when we actually contacted someone, it was it was Justin Watt actually from the gym. And the same thing, he just like when he actually went through the process, we realized that all the things that we were scared of or thought were silly or, or were stressed about was, was just that. They were just things we were thinking of. The actual process was incredibly smooth. We were actually super fortunate. I mean, it's as Justin said to us, because this is in the middle of the pandemic. And Justin said to us, he goes, you know, everyone thinks like the markets are, are down or whatever because of this pandemic. He goes, but the fact is people still need houses. People have plans. They were planning on it, like selling their house before the pandemic hit. And now they're kind of stuck there wanting to sell. People need to buy who who would need to buy before the pandemic. And now they're stuck. He's like, the market's still moving. You just got to work a little harder. And so we sold our house actually for a profit, which was incredible. And then we, we found a, uh, our, our forever home a bit further out in the real suburbs where we got a bit of yard space and a bit of, you know, nice little area. The kids can go walking and you can take them down to the park and it's just, it's perfect, right? Just on the agency side of things, why, why pick Justin? Is it just a relationship formed? Um, having a lovely wife, you guys knew well, he was in that Northern corridor. That's sort of his main part of the business. Is it any, was it just <clears throat> Justin and no one else? Yeah, it was, it was super organic. Actually, the whole, the whole process, as, as you said, one of our pillars is faith. And I really feel like we, like Laurie and I really have been blessed and, and like kind of the doorways have just been open when we needed them. Um, she was doing, Laurie does some, um, like party hire stuff and was, um, and uh, like does, does some 3D print, uh, not 3D printing, sorry, like laser cutting um, signs for parties and things like that. And Kate was in a similar thing. She was doing some stuff with, um, she didn't, she just um, started marketing these. Uh, they're like a little uh, silicon cover you put on um, on a high chair to like make cleaning up easy and stuff. And they were connecting over that and they were just chatting and it, and it just came up in conversation and, and Kate had mentioned like, oh, you know, message Justin, like he can, he can help you. Like, cause Morris is venting once again, so those, those fears we had about like how hard this process would be, but we had no no logic for that. We just you just assume it'll be a hard process, right? You probably see it all the time with the clients you have. And then when we when we started talking to Justin, it just naturally it just organically came in into effect. And he said, "I'll come out and give you guys an appraisal." And um, and he just he just did a great deal for us. He took care of us as um as friends, and um, it was just way easier than I imagined it would be than we both imagined it would be. As I said, we got, we was able to sell the house for a profit, which is kind of insane. But once again, came back to the the blessing of how cheap we got it. And then we found this place um, that for us was, was perfect. And this is how it often goes, right? For us, it was everything we're looking for, including having a, a big shed for the gym, like all the little things we wanted um, to, you know, align our life. So I could be at home training more and see the kids more and stuff. And for the people who were selling it, they were like out of state already. That was like, for them, it was a big headache of like, they just want to get rid of it. And so it was the perfect match of like, okay, well mm. then we'll, we'll take it off your hands, but we're not going to like, we're not going to just pay anything for it. Like we know what it's worth. And, uh, and there was a bit of back and forth and they had the house in the market for a long time. And they just eventually yeah, decided, you know, it wasn't worth the trouble and gave it to us for a really good price. And so as, as I say, like the, the uh, about in that was a suburb called Mango Hill, is that right? Mango Hill, yeah, out in Northside. It's kind of right near. Um, for those that don't know, where's that? Right near North Lakes. We're like literally behind the North Lakes Shopping Centre. We can kind of see it from our backyard almost. Mm-hmm. So awesome location, a bit further out, obviously, but that's kind of what we're looking for in a way too, of like having our own little like um, our own little mini mini property out in the suburbs. You know, like we've lived in the. We call them the suburbs, but like Nanda is still kind of inner city, and it was nice to just be out somewhere where 
you know, you're not afraid. Like, you know, every day we look out the window and there's kids like riding their bikes and running down the footpath and stuff. Like, you don't see that in Nanda because there's just too many, too many shady characters walking around and next to too many train stations. And, you know, crime, crime's pretty high, unfortunately, as you get closer to the city. And so it was, uh, it's nice to be out in a, in a place where, like, I don't think people even lock their doors out there. Um, we do, but <laughs> I'll have it stay hard. But um, yeah, it's it's what we wanted was was out out a bit further away, a bit disconnected. So it all kind of, as I said, the process seemed harder in our minds, but in reality was was very smooth with the with the right help, you know, with the right person. Yeah, absolutely. So do, is this um, when you're sort of talking to Laurie? Is this the the three year, the five year, or the ten year house? You know, when you sort of came into it. This will be the 10-year house, <clears throat> 10 years or more. Yeah. Okay. And when I uh, was watching some of the questions on Sunday, I think someone tickled you and said, hey, would you ever consider going to the uh, to the States to live for a while? Yeah. Have you looked at the rental market in Mango Hill? <laughs> I haven't actually, but um, there's the people we bought the house from were renting it um, to, to a bunch of people before we bought it. So. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's that bad if we, but I think it might be actually pretty good, but, um, we, the plan would be if we ever did move to the States, um, we wouldn't, it would just be covering the cost of the mortgage, honestly, which it would be very easy to do. So, um, we wouldn't yeah. stress about making money off it so much. The move to the U S would definitely be like a passion, a passion project, not, uh, not really a career move, although it probably would be a great career move too. Um, that would just be one of those things to tick off your bucket list of, um, of life experiences and, yeah, living the dream for a few years. Sure. Um, and just, I guess, in a macro sense, you're obviously in your, you're in a bubble now, but do you keep an eye out, an ear out on the market generally? I mean, obviously, you, you know, you, you're in your suburb. Do you hear the, the, what the market's doing? here in i mean brisbane's on a bit of a roll at the moment are you aware of that um i'm not i'm not up with it as far as uh, i'm not keeping tabs but i i have a weird curiosity where i'm always like every time i see a for sale sign for example or I'll, i might go home later and, and look up the uh the properties in the area and and just kind of check them out so i have like I, i'm not up to date but i have this weird curiosity to kind of i want to hear about it if someone's going to talk to me about it for example Nice, nice. So, Roycey, um, we've really enjoyed the property interest. We generally finish off up just a couple of sort of fast fire questions um, just to sort of so people can get to, to know you a bit better. If they got to see your stories on Sunday, there was a, there's a lot of uh, new content for me, including spiders. Yeah. Not your favourite <laughs> animal. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I, <laughs> I growing up, I, I grew up in um, down in Carindale, like Southside, really nice area. And, um, but just kind of like it's near the kind of near the bushland as you approach like Chandler and stuff where it's a bit more, um, a bit more, you know, bush. And, uh, there were like spiders everywhere during your childhood. Like it's not an uncommon thing here in Australia. We see to come home and, you know, there's a big huntsman on your wall or something at some point, right? Like you can't, you can't stop them. Um, we have yet to see a single spider <laughs> at, at Mango Hill in over a year. So I don't know if that's some kind of weird uh -huh. blessing, but like we're, sur it's a bit of, it's, kind of marshy like if that makes sense like our, our backyard actually it's beautiful we barely water the yard because there's water kind of flowing under the um under the property and so the grass is nice and green all the time and there's just tons of geckos everywhere and i think they are just they're just farming the insect population for us so we love it it's awesome <laughs> how much land have you got there Roy? Uh, i think it's just under an acre 800 square meters does that sound right oh, wow. yeah 
the whole, yeah, the whole, the whole property. Good land. Yeah, it's good. It's nice and big. Like the front yeah. yard's actually yeah. incredibly big too. And uh, which you kind of, you know, whenever, whenever you're assessing, you you probably forget to think of the, well, I do anyway, forget to think of the front yard. But that's where actually the boys love spending all their time. We've got some hedges at the front. They love like, they climb like inside the hedges and like army crawl around. So it's pretty cool to get used out of the front and back. As I said, at the townhouse, the front yard was, you know, the easement to the driveway. We couldn't let anyone play out there. So yeah. it was, it's nice to have like the options. Nice. Um, so Roy, see, one, the first question I ask people, um, and you'll have a different answer because this is the question. If you and Laurie were traveling somewhere together, it was just you two, and you walked into a bar, what's the first drink you'd both have? So you obviously have your thirsty, <laughs> yeah. but um, for those who don't know, Royce um, doesn't drink alcohol, and it's not surprising to hear that. But what would what would you? But does Laurie have a, a drink? Um, Laurie doesn't drink much anymore either. But if, if she does drink, it'd, it'd be a wine for sure. It'd be a wine. Um, right. she's a, she's sophisticated. She's a, a classy girl. Um, I'd probably go if it was just any drink, honestly, it's something boring. I'd probably just go get ginger ale. If it had to be alcoholic, um, I'd probably either go a, a alcoholic ginger beer or, um, big Mikey actually has got me onto the, um, onto the craft beers. So, uh, maybe an XBA or something. A, uh, oh, right. one of, um, Mick Fanning's beers would be uh, pretty good. Yep. Um, Favorite movie of all time, Roycey? Honestly, it's such a hard one, but I'd have to say The Princess Bride. Yep. I did get that tip off on Sunday. Yep. Um, what are you listening to on podcasts? What was the question, sorry? Do you listen to podcasts? Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, actually, my favorite podcast. Currently listening to it? Favorite, favorite podcast at the moment is uh, the Talking Elite Fitness Guys, obviously a CrossFit thing, but. Um, they've got heaps of stuff coming out now from the games. And so, you know, it's kind of, as I'm sitting here in isolation, I'm reliving some of that. So yeah, talking elite fitness, great podcast in general, I think. Okay. And reading, do you read much? Uh, honestly, no, I'm a, I'm a pretty bad reader, but, uh, I do have a book from, um, Rich gave me actually before I left, uh, to go on the flight. And it was the, um, the, you know, the duck dynasty guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Obviously, I've heard of them here in Australia, but they are they are like enormous over there in the states. And um, the the granddad, the guy who started the company, he has a book. Um, I can't remember the title of it actually, but I have it over there on the on the bedside table. And um, he rich gave me his book to read, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Again, I'll just tip in for those people who don't know who Rich is. Rich Froning's the has been um, the the goat, the the best CrossFit, and I guess the four or five um, times um, CrossFit world champion um, and um, Royce goes and stays with him and they've, they've, they've crafted a, a beautiful relationship on and off the field, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, Royce, on a long haul flight, which you are doing, if you got to pick anyone, I'm going to say take Rich out of that. Who would you love to sit next to on a long haul flight <coughs> to their ear off? Not including my wife as well. Well, no, it would take Laurie yeah, out. That's the safe answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I tell you know, I tell you who actually who I've gotten to know a bit more and and who would make for an incredible travel friend is uh, Rory McKernan. So Rory is actually um, he used okay. to work for CrossFit Games. Um, anyone who watches any of the, any of the game mm -hmm. stuff would have heard his voice probably narrating some yeah. stuff. But he actually works mm -hmm. with Mayhem now, and um, so I've got to know him a lot more in person. 
um, and just through all the times I go over to the States, I, I meet him. And, um, yeah, he's, he's an incredibly interesting guy, easy to talk to, and um, anyone anyone who sits next to him on a flight gets a treat because that time will go fast. Incredibly, uh, incredibly yeah. personable person. So, yeah, Rory would be up there on the list for sure. Um, last two, Royce, what are you most grateful for? Um, my family. Most grateful yep. for, yeah, especially this trip has made that. Um, didn't think I could miss them as much as I as I do. Like I obviously knew I'd miss them, but it's another level. I'll tell you what, the, the second the flight took off from Sydney, like to go to the US, I was I was freaking out that I'd done the wrong thing, that I'd made a mistake. So, yeah, yeah keen to get back to them and super grateful for what I have waiting for me at home. And will it be five or six weeks or round trip? Um, I think I think it's about six. It might even be closer to seven, to be honest. Yeah. It's been a long time, longest time I've been away. Um, wow! Finally, Roysty, tips for the um, tips for the the, um, the 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 participants who just like general fitness. If they were if you were to give them one nutrition and one exercise tip for the punters, just to keep healthy, you know, looking looking good coming <laughs> into summer. Give us, give us, give us the take home. The, the take home is, and uh, I've been kind of living this out now in in this hotel room, is uh, just do something fitness every day. Doesn't matter what, doesn't matter how clever it is or how uh, you know uh, um, fancy it is. Just do something. Go for a walk around your block three times. Like do some kind of movement every day. Not only will that obviously make you healthier, but you will feel better. Too many times people tell me that they're not motivated to train, but doing the training is motivating. When you go and move, you feel better. And then you take half an hour of your day to do a bit of a jog. And then for the rest of the day, you just feel better. Like you feel happier. You feel um, accomplished because you've done something. You actually um, you know, tick something off the list. And nutrition-wise, without getting too specific, there's a good old 80-20 um, rule, which is if you hit 80% of your diet good, and when I say good, I mean most people know like what your mum would have used to make you. You know, meat and three veg, um, keep things as much as possible eating an actual thing rather than out of a box, like go eat a real strawberry, don't eat a strawberry flavored something. And um, if you do 80% of that right, the 20% of the time yeah, you have a few beers or eat a cake or whatever, is just, it's not gonna affect you. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna end end your uh, your um, progress because you've, you've hit it 80% of the time. Good, you'll be fine. Royce, I've just, um, I've been getting a couple of um, DMs on, on the side to a couple of friends who I did say that I was um, I was having a quick chat to today. Um, um, the topic of drugs in sports mm-hmm. popped up. Yeah. It's obviously behind the scenes, the Olympics, you know, just coming through. And it's us jealous type that look at, you know, these bodies and just, just revert to a, you know, a particular mantra. Yeah. Did you get tested a lot yourself over there? Or what's the, what's the, what's the games sort of, drug testing um, procedure. The CrossFit testing um, like ethos is they use, they and they've, they've said this publicly, they use targeted drug testing, which is the fact that random drug testing, you, you catch some people but not a lot because everyone just kind of cycles off. It's um, targeted drug testing is they actually like take tips, they pursue leads, they go after people who are, who are sus. That's how they caught um, someone like Ricky. And uh, so everyone's tested when you come out of the semifinals. So all of us from the Torian Pro, we all got tested at the end of the Pro. Um, I've been tested off season a few times in my career. Like they just like one time I was at the Rogue Invitational and they just came to the hotel and said, "Hey, you got to come downstairs for a drug test now." 
Um, they actually tried to get me in Australia. They tried to get me in Australia, actually, but I wasn't there. I'd gone overseas, and so they automatically sent someone to get me in, in the US. So they're pretty on it. Um, and all anyone who, who did well at the games, like I said, like probably someone like um, Guy Mahiras, the the Brazilian guy, because he was mm -hmm. he's crushing it. He's a young young phenom. He would have been someone that looked suspicious. They would have tested him, probably targeted, like as in, well, to make sure he's clean. And I'm sure he is, but. So they're pretty good with it. Yeah, very, very powerful, very strong. He smashed, he won the clean event too, the running clean one. Yeah. So he's a oh, strong kid. He always has been. That's that's um like that's just his his athletic type. But um they're pretty good with the drug tests. Um and honestly, it's probably the people you don't think that are on the people you wouldn't expect, sorry, that are on the drugs, as in like it's the guys further down the pecking order. Like all the elite, a lot of the elite athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, especially in this kind of era where a lot of them train together a lot. Like, you know, I was around, I was around Haley Adams, Sam Cornier, Bailey Rail, and uh, Tyler Christopher, and that's kind of the Mayhem crew. And we were like day in, day out around each other, rooming together at the games. Like you just couldn't get away with it without someone else knowing. And so you can almost, and it's the like same with Rich, like he's always surrounded by people. I mean, I lived with the guy for, for the three or four weeks before the games you could not keep it a secret because they're just too transparent. They're open. They're, they're around people all the time. So it's the guys down the line who are kind of on the cast or who are trying to make it to the games for their first time. Or those are the guys who attempted to cheat. And you do see that like Ricky, it was Ricky's first year of the games. He had gone from not making it the year before to all of a sudden being a phenom. That's a bit suspicious. Um, that same uh, 2018, they did a bunch of testing, in our region to the guys who were like down lower in the leaderboard, like who weren't going to make it to the games, but like who were, you know, 20th maybe. And they busted a lot of people. So like it's the guys who are who are not doing well, but are trying to mm -hmm. bump themselves up. Those are the guys who you get suspicious about. The other guys, like, I mean, a lot of the good guys at the time, you look at Velner and Vikowski, like they got a pretty, pretty proven record of how they've like, you know, built themselves up over the years and you can see their progress. And so it's pretty... Um, logical to see how they've they've made it to be that level. Mm -hmm. Roy C, thank you very much. Have you have you done that day bit of exercise yet, or is that ahead of you today? Ahead of me today. I normally hit it like late afternoon and then just get in the shower straight after. So not so I'm not sweating up and the room. I, <laughs> what have you learned about yourself in isolation that you mightn't have sort of like? I would have thought you just think you sleep, you get all you catch up with all your sleep, but. Having been in isolation, I've I still have a body clock that wakes myself up, and I struggle with those sorts of things. Yeah, I get up, I wake up at like five or six every morning, and then have to like sit there for like a little like twenty minutes or so and re re fall asleep, and I normally get a couple more hours. So I'm definitely still mm -hmm. programmed for those early mornings. Uh, I guess what I've learned is um, that I, I, I'm not as you got pretty high tolerance to being bored, I guess. Like, not that there's nothing to do here, you know, with the internet. I mean, I couldn't imagine doing something like this before before internet existed and social media because mm. you really can stay connected. I can FaceTime the family. I can FaceTime Will and Jack from the gym, have a little chat, and it's um, it's pretty good. We're pretty spoiled in this in this modern era. But if I was just sitting at home in my bedroom, I would go mad. And yet when you have to do it here, you kind of, you just, your brain finds a way to just like, I'll look at my watch sometimes and it's already like 4 PM. I'm like, wow, the day just like flew by. So <laughs> it's actually pretty incredible what the uh, human mind can, um, 
can withstand, I guess, if it doesn't have a choice, which is the which is the secret there. Like it'd be pretty hard to go sit in your room on a dare for 14 days, <laughs> but when you have to do it, you, <laughs> your body just adjusts, and all of a sudden, yeah. it, it hasn't been that bad. You know, we get a call every day from the um, the nurse calls to check in. They have like a full nursing and doctor staff here at the hotel, and they'll mm-hmm. check to see if you have any symptoms or whatever. And they always ask about your mental health, and uh, they obviously get some people find it really hard, and they and they have a professional service mm-hmm. designed to to help people who might be struggling. But I can honestly say, without without acting tough or anything like silly like that, I, I'm literally like doing fine. Like it's not that bad. Um, it I think like today is what day seven. I think today's the halfway point. I think next week it could get crappy, like when it. The first week might be easy, the second week might be hard, but someone else who just finished their quarantine messaged me and told me the second week's the easier week. So there you oh, go. So I think maybe time will start go. to fly and then before you know it, you're back home. So it's all good. Roy, see, I was going to say thanks very much for your time, but you've, you have got a bit of time up <laughs> yeah. your sleeve. So I didn't feel so bad about reaching no. out. So thanks very much, Roy. It's done. Pleasure. Pleasure to have you on and um, best of luck in the next week. And I know that that family of yours, that gorgeous family and your mother, who we haven't touched on yeah. <laughs> fellow masters athletes um she'll be looking forward to seeing you and giving you a big hug and a congratulations hug absolutely well. thanks Roy. thanks Amish. thanks buddy <laughs>